As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Welcome to 5000 to 1, the Athletics Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me as ever is my co-host, Leicester City legend, former captain Matt Elliott. How are you, Matt? I'm well, Rob. Thank you. Hopefully you're the same. But uh, yeah, it's been a busy time, as is often the case, isn't it? Mixed fortunes for Leicester, but plenty to chat about, as per usual. Every week, every time we do one of these podcasts, we've got a long list of things to, to get through. I mean, we'll start off with the real positive stuff. Um, Fulham away, bounce back to, to uh, form for, for Brendan Rodgers' men after that defeat, uh, disappointing defeat to Leeds, which ended their unbeaten run. Nine games in all competitions they were unbeaten and then uh, fell up by the wayside against Leeds. But we will discuss Leeds in a second. But first of all, Fulham, they went there with a bit of a Fred Bear uh, side with so many injuries. And the lack of new signings as well in the transfer window, which we'll get on to as well. Um, but uh, Kelechi and Nacho and Hamza Chowdhury coming to the side. I mean, Hamza was on his way to Newcastle two days before, if everything had worked out. And Kelechi and Nacho had missed out to Ozzy Perez in the pecking order uh, whilst Jamie Vardy's been uh, missing through injury. Both of them had great games. It was a really positive performance. They really Every time you write Leicester City off or you doubt them in any way, they come back and respond, don't they? They've done that quite regularly, Rob, as well, haven't they? And I think that's one of the impressive things about this squad. Uh, lots of teams are going to have you know, down points and uh, pretty much every team in the Premier League, Man City included, this season have, have had moments where people have questioned them, um, maybe just externally <laughs> rather than within the clubs it's themselves. But yeah, a lot of things pointed towards Leicester having a difficult trip down to Craven Cottage, didn't they? First and foremost, uh, the result at the King Power between the two teams, not so long ago, just back end of November, when Fulham turned Leicester over, and probably deservingly so. So, mm. you know, the Fulham had that confidence going into the game. They'd not managed to win since that game, strangely, but drawn seven out of ten fixtures, some of them against the top teams in the league, Liverpool included. So there were signs of progression for Fulham um, and development from them as a team, as Scott Parker had professed before the game at the King Power. 
and it proved to be right, certainly on that occasion. And as you say, with Leicester, you know, not one in two games. Okay, that's not a disastrous run, but you know, frustrating for a team of, of Leicester's ability, really. The draw against Everton, the defeat against Leeds, and, and, and then, as you say, the lack of transfer activity or the ability to get anyone through the door. On top of that, injuries piling up, and it all pointed towards a difficult evening for the Foxes, didn't it? But it was pretty comprehensive, you have to say, pretty much from start to finish. Early on, I thought they played a little bit of a risky game. They were popping the ball around at the back um, in dangerous areas and Fulham nicked it off them a couple of times. And if Fulham had been properly on their game, could have been a different scenario. But they, they disappointed me and surprised me, to be honest, Fulham. With the situation they're in, there, there was a sort of lack of gusto about their performance but Leicester, very professional, capitalised on the deficiencies of their opposition and uh, there's some real positives coming out of the game in terms of individual performances for Leicester. Well, let's, let's talk about them because Madison is in great form at the moment. I think that's 11 goals he's been involved in, either scoring or assisting in his last 12 games. Fantastic. James Justin, for me, was man of the match. Fant- it's rounded off a brilliant yeah. move for the, for the goal as well. He has had a fantastic uh, season. Yuri Thielen isn't running the show, but we could say that every Again. week. But yeah, but Hamza Chowdhury midfield, as I said, he looked like he was out, going out to Newcastle on loan to get games. He'd fallen down the pecking order, was given his chance two days later. So he, what mental state he must have been in? Brendan must have gone over to him and said, "You're playing after the transfer uh, had fallen through." He must have said, "You're playing for me in the next game to so get your head right." And he came up with a great performance. But what about Kalechi and Nacho as well? We've had Ozzy Perez leading the line whilst Vardy's out. Kalechi's not had a look in, uh, not, sometimes not even come off the bench in games. Um, leading the line, gets his goal, and he looks a totally different player. Yeah, and you, you have to give a lot of credit to Ian Acho for, for the way he performed against Fulham, I think, because it's easy to criticise him from afar because you know at times he looks a little bit awkward, even bordering on clumsy occasionally. But there's talent in there, without a doubt. You know, he, you don't play at the level that he was involved at Man City and then come to Leicester, you know, without there being some uh, some ability in there somewhere. And you see it in flashes, don't you? But you got the feeling that Brendan Rodgers had just come to the end of his patience with him, maybe, even though I'm sure Brendan Rodgers would say otherwise because it, it, he'll need to utilise Ian Acho um, throughout the rest of the season to some degree or another, regardless of Vardy's fitness and availability or whether he chooses Perez, you know, to, to lead from the front. Um, but, you know, Ian actually will still have a part to play. But, but it's not easy. It's a stop-start situation, isn't it? You, your games are few and far between. And when you do, there's a pressure on you to perform instantly. You don't get a run of games to get into a rhythm. And it's a bit of a nightmare, particularly for a centre-forward. They feed on confidence of scoring goals and, and and feeling their way into the team and developing an understanding with players within the team. Uh, but he hasn't had that luxury in that show. So I do feel for him in that instance. I mean, the, the, the signs weren't good, were they, when in Vardy's absence... Brennan Rodgers opted for Perez ahead of him on two occasions. Once against Everton where Rodgers praised Perez for his work rate. I thought he was sort of accentuating the positives there, really. Because there wasn't much goal threat from him. He persevered, 
against Leeds, similar outcome. And eventually, I, I actually thought Brendan might persevere with Perez again for an hour or so, see how the game went. But in hindsight, on reflection, it, it was it was the right decision, wasn't it? Because Ian Acho is, in my mind, he's more of a centre-forward, as in a, a striker, than Perez is. And it, I know there's debate about you know, Ian Acho coming to the club and initially, or possibly to play with Stroke alongside Vardy rather than be a cover replacement. But he's, he's more of a natural centre-forward for me. Um, you know, stretches the opposition a little bit more, hold-up play better further up the pitch and more of a goal threat. He's got more desire to get in there and score goals. And he performed very well, didn't he? Uh, I think on the night, there was some good service for him. That that, that was a clincher, was it? That The opening goal. In that show, he was just having a steady game up to him. Madison's pulled one out the bag, hasn't he? Like It's bang on the money. Still a bit of work to be done. You've got his neck round it, Ian Acho, and guided it into the net superbly. But what an inch-perfect pass it was for Madison. And as you say, typical of him of late. But a real confidence boost for Kelechi. And, and you saw that in the rest of his game. And you'll probably see that at the weekend, although we're told that Vardy might be available. But I think with Kelechi's, Ian Acho's performance against Fulham, there might be a tendency for Brendan Rodgers to start Ian Acho from the off and introduce Vardy later on. Well, it's, it has been a bit difficult, as you say, for, for Kelechi, because um, speaking to some, certain people that have uh, been coaching him uh, in Nigeria when he was young, so they always said he wasn't a number nine, that he was a number 10. And you get the impression that when he was signed, he was signed to play with Vardy and to learn from Vardy. Uh, but now under Brendan, they only play with one striker. Now they've been trying the false nine, which has looked good at times. Certainly in the FA Cup games, Perez playing the false nine worked with Barnes and others running beyond him. Um, but having that focal point in attack, I suppose if you look at the Leeds game and the performance of Patrick Bamford, it highlighted just how important having that focal point in the attack is because Bamford was outstanding. I thought he was the difference between the two teams at the crucial moments in the game. I mean, that was a fantastic game to watch, Leeds, wasn't it? It was so exhilarating, exciting, both sides. I mean, I can't say Leicester played badly. Um, they were just out outfought, I thought, at the time. But Patrick Bamford, the proper number nine, made the difference on the on that occasion. So, thankfully, Vardy won't be too far away as well. No, I think Leicester, like most teams, they need that. And Man City can get away with it to a degree. But uh, you know, I, I think you know, for Leicester City, it's that cutting edge, isn't it? That you need that Jamie Vardy gives you that that willingness and desire to get across a defender. Not, not just run in behind and stretch defences as Vardy does. Perez is... He's not really going to do that, is he? You know, he could do, he could go through the motions and take defenders away, but he's not going to actually get on the end of anything. Ian Acho is he's a strong enough runner. He doesn't have Vardy's pace, but times his runs well enough. He can get on the end of of balls, but he's in and around that penalty area where it really matters. One to have that knack of reading situations, finding space, um, being where the ball's going to drop, and it is an art. Uh, you know, I played with Tony Cotley all those years ago, um, and he was an expert poacher, finisher. Didn't do a lot outside of the penalty box itself, although he could hold up play well enough. But, you know, that was his bread and butter, and, you know, it, it's it's a specialised position, and I don't think Perez has that, has that you know, in his, uh, in his, his armoury, if you like, um, it's not his natural inclination. 
Ian Acho more so. You know, he, he tries to get across defenders or he he pulls pulls away from them. He, he, he looks like a centre forward when he's making movement and he's on his game. But obviously the uh, the main man is Jamie Vardy and you know, Leicester do miss him, as they do miss Wilfred and Didi as well. But uh, Hamza Chowdhury came in there, didn't he? And, and put in a lovely performance. You know, perhaps we'll, we'll talk about him. I, I, yeah, his situation is uh, slightly unusual as well. Let's talk about the, uh, the, the the transfer window because a striker, I suppose, was what a lot of the fans were asking for to come in, especially with uh, Jamie's surgery on his hernia. Uh, but then the injuries were coming thick and fast. Dennis Pratt ruled out for three months. So um, Brendan's looking for an attacking midfielder. I mean, they've, I think they've scoured um, the whole of Europe looking for an attacking midfielder that could come in at the right price. And that's an important thing because they did inquire about Ericsson at Inter Milan, but were reluctant to pay the £300,000 a week wages. And I can understand why. Uh, the situation, I mean, I've, I've done a feature that's on the Athletic website now, looking at why Leicester didn't get somebody in. They tried to get Nathaniel Chalabar in on loan from Watford. That would have um, allowed Hamza Chowdhury to go to Newcastle, as we mentioned. But uh, Watford needed to get uh, Matty Longstaff in from Newcastle. Newcastle wouldn't let that happen, so the whole chain broke down. Um, so Leicester ended up with nobody. But this is the thing about the transfer window at the moment and the impact of the global pandemic on football. Matt Slater, my colleague, um, helped me write this piece and, and he described it as the worst crisis football's faced since the Second World War. Financially, every club is is suffering huge losses. It's predicted that Leicester City uh, will report in their next financial report a 15% decline in their revenue. So, you know, they can't go out and spend willy-nilly. You can't go and gamble on these big money signings, no matter how much the fans want to see them, because it would jeopardise and threaten the stability of the club and, and the progress that they've made up to now. It's been one of the fastest growing financial um, growths of any club in the Premier League, Leicester City. And uh, yeah. the, the global campaign, I think people are, are underestimating how much it is going to affect Leicester City and every club in the Premier League. Yeah, you, you can you can understand why Leicester have been you know, relatively sort of frugal uh, over and certainly cautious over the, over the transfer window, as have most clubs. In fairness, yeah. and, you know, I don't think it's through want of trying. As you mentioned there, they've been scouring far and wide. Uh, perhaps, I mean, that they'll be addressing it as we speak. But in terms of action in anything, I think they'll wait until the end of the season in terms of that second striker, if you like, if it's to play alongside Vardy or a player who's capable of playing like Min Song, maybe, you know, not saying him come to Leicester, but that type of player who can play, you know, in an inverted winger role and a striker. So you've got dual cover there. Uh, again, they're few and far between, aren't they? So, And they don't come cheap either. No, exactly, exactly. And your prices soon get inflated as well, don't they? You only have to have three or four top-class level games and, uh, you know, you're rocketing into the... Uh, Different bracket, aren't you? But uh, yeah, and in terms of attacking midfielder, I, I thought initially it was after Pratt was injured, wasn't it? And I thought well, maybe not a massive issue, but when you look at it, there's a big responsibility on James Madison now to be that creative link, isn't there? Because if something touch wood was to happen to him, then you are a little bit short, aren't you? Who's going to fill that role? Well, Perez would be the only one really that could play in that central. Yeah, role, you could. Because he's Sorry, done that yeah, before. Of course. 
<laughs> shifted around, doesn't he, Perez? And he, mm-hmm. he's got his critics, but he, he fulfills a role within the squad, doesn't he? But but we've got to go back to Hamza Chowdhury coming in. He's, it's amazing how things can change so quickly, isn't it? You know, he's looking out of the picture, then indeed he picks up, you know, semi serious injury, although it's been determined um, not as bad as first feared. He could even be back in the fray at the weekend. But that would be a big boost for him to get chosen over Mendy. Mendy didn't have his best game against Leeds, didn't play badly, but. Um, you know, wasn't sort of as neat and tidy and as effective as he has been. Neither were a lot of players on the day. So it shows that you know, Brendan Rodgers has got faith in Hamza. I've heard mixed reports. One minute he was going on, on loan. Next minute, Brendan saying, don't want him to go on loan. They'll either buy him or he stays here. And I was slightly surprised by that. And then he's meant to be going out on loan, as you explained, to Newcastle. But I, I, I said before, I, I think Brendan's got a little liking for him to challenge because he's, he's got a great character and a good spirit about him so you see that in his play you know he's very enthusiastic he's very infectious as a character as well and you want him to do well and i'm so glad that he, he's he's getting the opportunity at the club and certainly didn't let anyone down and in fact all of a sudden he's turned into a key man because brendan takes him off after an hour probably you know, with the intent of resting him up for the weekend where he re- he's really going to need him at full throttle I think that little tactic of Brendan's to say that you know, he's not going on loan, you either buy him or, or not, was just to give him a little bit of a rocket, uh, just yeah. to give him a, a little nudge, really. We said Hamza, that, he's such we, a yeah. laid-back lad that sometimes he just needs that little bit of push just to refocus him again because he, he has got ability. He can play in various roles in midfield as well. You know, he, We've seen him play as an eight, although I don't think the attacking side of his game is his strong suit. I mean, his, his, his energy, his athleticism, his defence, ability is what uh, is his real key. He, he, he plays some nice early balls from deep lying positions in midfield, though. He, he, uh, and the majority of his play is just sort of ticking things over and breaking play up, as you say. And he's sharp in the challenge, etc. He, he's developing his reading of the game and picking up uh, spaces, you know, and tracking runners, etc. But he, he, you see the amount of times the you know, ball breaks down his bank, he plays it, and Leicester on the attack. And you know, he's he's more effective than he's given credit for, like that, like that. And that'll only get better in his game. But as you say, there's more strings to his bow. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And they're going to need players like Hamza, who may have been on the fringes previously, to step up uh, in this next run of games because the injuries keep coming. Timothy Castagna now uh, with a, a, a hamstring. Wesley Fofana, we find out, didn't have didn't report it until after the Leeds game because he was taken off for tactical reasons, but he said he had a tightening. They've had a scan. He's out for four to five weeks. And with the games coming thick and fast, in February, they 
the Fulham game was the first of eight games. So he's going to miss eight games. Uh, these injuries really are... I mean, I know all, all the clubs are having them, but they really are a, an issue to be dealt with this season. It's um, And it's surprising as well, because previously Leicester have always had a great record with soft tissue injuries, but they keep picking them up this season. That, that was a bizarre one as well for Farno, wasn't it? Because, as you say, for all intents and purposes, he was being brought off for tactical purposes. And then... But it was reported that at the same time, oh, he's got a bit of a twinge, a bit of tightness. But to not feel the effects that dramatically and then be out for five weeks, you know, it's, it's got to be a considerable tear, you would imagine. If he hadn't come off, he probably would have carried on playing. Uh, and then he's yeah. out for five weeks. So I don't, I don't know. Perhaps he is superhuman, like a lot of Leicester supporters seem to think he is. But, but obviously, you know, not to that degree where he can shirk off a, um, a muscle tear. But yeah, it is a worry. I don't know. You, you, without knowing the specifics, you, you, you don't want to sort of comment too much. But it will be a concern that so many hamstring injuries, in particular, are coming. Obviously, the the amount of games that are being played is a factor. Although the, the majority of those players they haven't been playing game in, game out from the start of the season. They've had periods where they've had a bit of rest, so you wouldn't necessarily label it down to burnout. I don't know. It's it's something that they'll be very concerned about the training ground. Prevention of injury is massive these days in the sport, and at the moment that would be a big issue. Well, it was certainly one of the uh, the things that uh, Brendan identified when he came to the club and he set them um, their targets last season. One of those targets was to keep uh, the players available for much longer. And they did that, by and large, until restart. Now, whether it's um, the, the, the amount of games or the intensity of the games and the lack of recovery time between games, that is a factor. I, I imagine that might be a big factor in it. But, um, certainly a really, factor, yeah. Yeah, they really can't afford to, to pick up many more injuries. Because uh, as, as we, we saw last night, they, you know, they had to draft in a couple of lads from the under-23s to, to make up the bench. And now they're going to Wolves. Hopefully, hopefully, Jamie Vardy and Nididi will give them a boost by uh, be, being involved if they can. Uh, Brendan said after the Fulham game, that was the plan. They hope they will be available for that one. But they don't want to rush them back over and risk... Uh, losing them for longer, but uh, it'll be a tricky one. They just can't afford any more because they're already depleted enough. Well, another reason why the performance against Fulham was, was huge. You know, one, it got Leicester back on a winning track, and two, it sort of consolidated their position um, where, where they are, you know, the top regions of the Premier League. And, and also, it's lessened the anxiety or the, any tendency to maybe rush to some degree, Vardy or, or Ndidi back. You know, all of a sudden it's like, well, Kalecci did all right there. Didn't he? Let, let's just ease Jamie Vardy back in. You know, we haven't gone three games without a win now. Um, we're OK. We're in a healthy position. They're, they're capable of competing against Wolves with that outfit. Say that he picks the same team um, against Wolves. But if necessary, we've got Vardy that can come on and add a bit of Old threat later on if required, and Wilfred could possibly come on, you know, and shore things up a little bit and see the game out, etc. But they got you know Hamza and Yuri Tillemans in there that looked looked a good duo, didn't they? They worked well in tandem. So yeah, it, it, it's just uh, it's got a little bit of bit of more of a luxurious position now, Brendan Rodgers, hasn't he? With with that and slowly reintegrate them, and, and hopefully 
one or two others not too far away either. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, it's a mouth-watering game again on Sunday. Uh, Wolverhampton versus Leicester. The Wolf versus the Fox. Bully mm. versus Walshie. Remember those? Um, but not such great <laughs> memories for you, Matt, unfortunately. <laughs> 25th of October 2003, Leicester City 3-0 up at half-time. Les Ferdinand's put a couple in early doors. Ricky Skimmaker's got one. Uh, one, Matt Elliott is in the side as they concede four in the second half. Can you remember about that day? Do I remember it, yeah. Still still sends shivers down my spine when you mention it, Rob, because <laughs> a number of reasons, really. Yeah, I mean, that was the season after we, we'd been promoted, about automatic promotion, so after... After relegation the previous year and everything had gone down administration at the club and we we, we turned it round with positivity, yeah, back in promoted, uh, came back into the Premier League and I started um, that season as captain against Southampton. We drew two all, I think we were two nil up and conceded two. So there's a bit of disappointment there. Mickey Adams at the time was trying to edge me out of the club, in truth, because I was on a decent wage at my age. And he, he said, well, I could get three players for what you're on. I said, well, look, give me a chance. Persevere with me. I've, I've assisted in you getting promoted, getting the club back on track. Give me a chance to prove myself in the Premier League. So he was, he was begrudgingly OK with that, just about. But he was quite happy when things went wrong for me, to be honest. <laughs> but we were, uh, we're we're mates now, so we kissed the maid up a bit. But but then in training, I after the first game, I broke my metatarsal. Just turning, having a shot on my left foot, my right foot, and it snapped, clean break. I was out three months, and uh, I've still got a bolt in there now to this day. But um, I, I came back three months, but the team was struggling a little bit, if truth be told, at that time. Coming into the Wolves game, I hadn't played a reserve game or anything. I'd had three months out, about a week and a half's training. Um, nowhere near match fit, but I got plunged in. And I was happy to do so, don't get me wrong. I thought, right, I can't be doing messing about with reserve games. I can ease my way in. And it all worked swimmingly in the first half, even though uh, Henry Camera was, was playing for Wolves and he was lively, to say the least. But I, somehow I got away with it. We're 3-0 up. Happy days, the crowd are singing, Matt is back and all this, and like I made this massive difference. It wasn't down to me anyway. They weren't quite singing that uh, <laughs> at the end of the 90-plus <laughs> minutes because we we transpired to, to go concede four goals. Yeah, I think Camp Colin Cameron got a couple. And, yeah, Alex uh, Ray. Alex Ray, that was it, and Camera scored and... They had Ince, Irwin, Kenny Miller. They had a decent side, but oh, 
3-0 up, 4-3 down. Yeah, when does that happen? You might get ding-dong affairs, as Leicester had a couple of seasons ago, didn't they, where it was swinging one way or the other. But to, for the pendulum to go that far was, was shocking. Safe to say, I got accused of being not fit enough afterwards. And I said, well, yeah, you could be right there, because I've only trained for a week after three months. And <laughs> subsequently didn't play for another, another three months. So that was, uh, that was not my... Highlight of my career, that's for sure. And then I did get a chance to play three months later, Rob. I came on against Birmingham and got sent off after 20 minutes. Uh, so I didn't play again oh, for the rest I of the season. That one. So, yeah, Is yeah, that Robbie the Savage. One Walker got sent off as well. Yeah, Walks got sent I got sent off, but made a clearance, sliced it in the air, went to sort of make amends for a bit of a, a dodgy clearance. And I've run into David Dunn. Um, I, I, there's no intent, but I had my arm out a little bit to sort of protect myself more than anything. Clunked him in the face. Robbie Savage has come running over, screaming at the ref, sending him off. And uh, off I went. That was that was my contribution to the season, pretty much. See, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a season to remember for you, but uh, no, talking about... Not for anyone, we goals. got relegated. To <laughs> talk about running goals, that game... Uh, is a rarity in clashes between Wolves and Leicester. And the one in January 2019, which ended 4-3 to Wolves at Molyneux as well. Because since Brendan Rodgers has been in, there's only been one goal in three games um, between yeah. the two sides. So uh, against Leeds, we're all anticipating it was going to be lots of goals because of the XG. But I don't think we can be expecting that. It's going to be a tight one, isn't it, Matt? You would think so. You would think so. There's certainly, on the recent times, Wolves have been... First and foremost, trying to secure a clean sheet, weren't they? Really, and then, you know, look to look to not pinch a goal, but you know, strike when the limited opportunities arrived. And they were pretty clinical, weren't they? Particularly with Jimenez, but obviously, with what's happened with him, you know, he's not part of the equation at the moment, and they've had to tinker a little bit. And as a consequence, they seem to be a little bit inconsistent with their play. So. Perhaps a little bit more susceptible to conceding these days, um, whilst not necessarily possessing you know, a greater threat. So it's difficult times for Wolves at the moment, although they'll be buoyed massively by that victory against Arsenal uh, in the week. But um, no, I think Leicester will go there with probably more conviction and expectation than usual uh, of, of obtaining a, a win, really, against, against Wolves, because... Yeah, Leicester, are the, yeah, they're a form team, aren't they? OK, leads aside, but these sort of things that we've spoken about are going to happen to pretty much all the teams, bar Man City at this moment in time. But Leicester, they've shown that ability to pick themselves up after a, a little bit of a knock. And they know that they're a quality outfit. They know that they've got a game plan, a structure, and they've got different ways of performing, different ways of winning games. And I expect them to go and do the business at the weekend. Well, you'd fancy them away from home, as you would most sides in the Premier League this season, because it's been a strange old season. I mean, every game finished with an away win on Wednesday night, um, which yeah. it is quite bizarre. Because some of the, the, I mean, we, we just praised Leeds, but they've lost uh, on the back of that victory at, uh, at Leicester. It's a bit a strange old season. If you're consistent, well, consistently good, if you can get a level of consistency going, you've got a chance in this league. You certainly have, yeah. It, it, it is bizarre, isn't it? The, you know, the, the, the proof is there in terms of the, the effects that crowds do have. I mean, you, you know it to a degree, don't you? Of course you do, and... Um, but it, it's just the point has been rammed home, hasn't it, for sure. 
But yeah, it's interesting to see whether that's part of um, teams' sort of psyche, you know, in their preparation. How some teams adjust better to the circumstances maybe than others. Um, you know, just whether it's home or away, but you know, certain types of football maybe suit that atmosphere. Maybe I don't know, I've heard it been mentioned. You know, Man City are the ideal team. Uh, when you take the passion of the supporters out of it, not that their supporters aren't passionate, but in terms of pure footballing technique, they have probably the best individual players and quality, don't they? And you know, you're seeing a result of that. But Leicester have their, uh, you know, Leicester don't rely on the the charge and electricity of the king power, do they? You know, Leicester have that quality football about them. Um, they can work hard and they dig in and they can, you know, don't be wrong, they'd love to be feeding off their supporters, but, you know, they have a very stylish way of playing and, and they're reaping the rewards on it, aren't they? And uh, as you say, that I, I, I don't know, intermittently a defeat pops up, more often than not at the King Power, strangely enough, but, but Leicester's... Yeah, they, they, they do look like this to, to sort of go on a run, don't they? And, and even if they do get a negative result, they just jump back straight on the track. They don't let it affect them. And that bodes well for the end of the rest of the season, you know, because Man City looking very good at the moment and they're not going to get them involved in any predictions just yet. But Leicester, genuine contenders, genuine contenders, certainly for the Champions League. Certainly for the Champions League. You know, I think they've still got a few surprises up their sleeve yet. Well, let's hope so, Matt. Thank you very much, Matt, for joining us again this week on 5001. Thank you as well to all our listeners. Um, Matt, we'll uh, speak again next week. Hopefully we'll have uh, a couple of uh, couple more victories to discuss. Yeah, look forward to it, mate. Thank you for listening and join us again next time. The Athletic. <laughs>